six ways to help with IBS. So I want to take you through six ways on here because sometimes when it comes to IBS, we jump straight to the obvious, which is what can I cut out? What can I take out? Which every time we take something out, remember, we're not just taking out food groups, not as simple as just going on and take that out and then I'm going to improve. Because sometimes you have to consider when you take something out, it's not about like the food and getting all like, you know, emotionally attached to certain foods and they're bad, they're good. But actually, what are the nutrients we're now missing? Like, for example, if I take out dairy, that's that's fine, absolutely fine. But what are you missing now from your diet that you need to get from somewhere else? Well, it could be iodine, could be protein, it could be vitamin B12, it could be calcium. And that's fine. Where do we get these from instead? Now, before we go into any of that, I'm going to go into masses of detail on that. Something we covered a bit uh, yesterday as well. And it's a bit easy to do that on a one-to-one uh, basis. But... What I want to um, touch on on here is more so around the area of simple ways that you can do today. So number one is to increase your water intake. Something we're talking about in our pre-Christmas habit challenge is simply to have a glass of water of every meal and hot drink, done. Um, fiber, when you increase your fiber intake, which is great by the way, reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, helps control blood sugar levels, could go on, improve your gut health. But for some people, um, especially if you've just made that change, that can actually have negative effects potentially. That's why we say to increase your fiber slowly, but increasing your water intake can help with this. Um, fiber will soak up water, but also we know that water can help with IBS. Number two is meditation, yoga, tai chi, something that we do at Fruity Fit as well, but also we, we really promote to help relax your gut. One, but also two, to that mindfulness, that meditative state, that consciousness that we, we, also miss, including me. Um, and this is based on research. They did one study where they looked at a low uh, FODMAP diet, so a low fermentable carbohydrate, so lots of changes in their diet, which can seem quite restrictive. You know, you can go, oh, no, I don't want to do that this time of year, compared to people who just did yoga. And there was no difference between them, which is super fascinating, right? And I think knowing that, that gives us a lot of tools in the toolbox to go, actually, I don't need to cut these foods out. I can apply this first. So number three is to avoid caffeine and spicy foods. That's probably the, the worst one for me, um, if you tell me to avoid that. But um, it obviously comes down to what we're willing to do. And obviously, this is a, a few different options here, and you don't have to do them all. I'd say pick one on here. So number four is to keep a food and mood diary to help identify those triggers. Was were you eating a certain food when this came out? Were you not? Like, was it, how were you feeling? How was your sleep that day? All these things can help identify those trends. Um, number five is to add 10 chews to each mouthful. Add 10 chews to each mouthful. This is something that we talk about a lot. It's just, you know, count your chews today. Just be conscious when you're chewing your food today and just count them. Then add 10. See if that helps. See if it helps you slow down. And with that, you know, you can say sitting down when you eat as well is going to help be relaxed. And finally, reducing fermentable fibers for a short period of time. Fermentable fibers in a nutshell are more the carbohydrate uh, type of fibers. Um, so for example, like pasta, whole grains, legumes, things like that. Um, certain vegetables like sprouts this time of year, cabbage, broccoli, things like that are going to be more fermentable. Uh, but in a nutshell, if I was to say what you can have, and it's always good to focus on, the lower fermentable foods will be like your protein-rich foods, lean meats, eggs, um, Greek yogurt, which is obviously fermented already. Um, and then your fats are going to be fine, like olives, olive oils, things like that. Avocado should be okay. It's a bit of a dodgy one. That, that, um, <laughs> this shows how individual it is. But uh, fats are generally fine. Um, uh, but it's more the carbohydrates and the, the vegetables which are going to be the one that you 
you want to be changing slightly, but most veg, again, are absolutely fine. It's just those culprits that I said, like the obvious ones really that we know, like Brussels sprouts, beans, legumes, uh, things like that. And if you go with the carbohydrates, you want to go with more white, jasmine carbohydrate, jasmine rice, for example. Um, if you go for bread, like a small portion, like sourdough bread, something like that that's got some fermentation in it already. Um, but they're just a few things to think about already. So let me know if you tried any of them before. Um, remember, this isn't an overnight thing, uh, but these are simple things that you can add in straight away. And if you, if you don't, if you take one thing from today, just to do something of it. You don't, the, the, obviously the most time consuming one is the fermentable foods, the fibers. And often people are drawn to that. And actually it's the hardest one. And sometimes I think it's human psychology. We're drawn to the one that has the most effort. Um, but start small. Is your water intake in place? Could you add some yoga, mindfulness, Tai Chi in? Are you having a lot of spicy foods, caffeine rich foods? Do you chew really quick? Do you eat on the go? Do you eat in the car? Is this contributing to it? So I hope that helps. Any questions, let me know. And I'll see you soon. Take care.